know, as um, most of you know, last week, um, can you bring that here for me, please? I can do it. I think. Praise you, Jesus. I'll drag it. Praise the Lord. Um, last week, I had the privilege to do my sister's funeral. And um, I can honestly say it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, my sister was just a year older than me, and we were very close, just one class ahead of me. And so um, when we went to see her a couple weeks back, as most of you know about that trip, my wife and I went, Pastor Joan and myself. And um, we got together. I've shared with you about how I was led by the Lord to stir up our family, to get us in a position of faith, and uh, taught, on, taught them about the uh, prayer of agreement. And um, then we came together. And I believe we came together with one accord. We prayed in faith. And then um, when I was there with my sister and uh, when she's there in her hospital bed and um, I had the honor to anoint her with oil. And again, I took the time and I taught her about it. And I believe she was in faith. She had requested it. And I know she was in faith. And so... Um, when Tim called me the last time before we went back down, um, he said that Jane was ready. She was ready to go home. And sometimes people don't understand that when you're praying for someone else, their will is involved. And for a person to step off into the other side who is a Christian, is not lost. She said to me, she said to me, it's like a Chinese torture just to take a breath. Torture. She's going through just being tortured just to take a breath. And uh, she just said, I'm ready. never in all my years of the ministry seen someone so ready to go in a good way she was what a tremendous example she was to our family and friends and um She actually, I might be repeating some things I've shared with you before. My um, youngest sister had been in there the weeks prior after we had come back. and She, in, she led my sister Jane in a song, a children's song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. And um, even though she was 
struggling with her breathing, she just joined right in. And uh, so anyway, after I found out about this, um, we didn't know how long it was going to take, the process. But the day before she stepped off, my sister Jennifer was there. And uh, Jane took the opportunity to do voice messages to her family, to her husband, to her sons, to her grandkids. And uh, it was phenomenal, just totally phenomenal. And she also took the time to write a, in a book to Lily Jane, who was just born, and uh, so, so she could have a... <laughs> some memories of her grandmother. Hallelujah. But then my sister, knowing she was fixing to step off, looked at Jennifer, my youngest sister, and said, are you ready? And she said, ready for what? And then she said, to sing. And even though she was struggling to breathe, she began to sing, I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Friends, that's somebody who is sitting to the other side. Glory to God. And what's amazing is Jonah had kept in contact with her son over, in, well, actually her son's over in California. Are they all three in California? I think they are. But anyway, um, and uh, she had communicated with Daniel, her middle son, and his wife, Amanda. And, and they had sent back, you know, that we're praying and so forth. And then Joan had sent back a, a text saying that Jane had since stepped off into eternity. And then they're sending their condolences. And Joan shared with uh, the, him and her, Amanda, what had happened about the song. Down to joy. She's got the joy, 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 joy down in her heart. Anyway... And Amanda said, no way. There's no way. And she goes, what are you talking about? And Amanda said, around the same time, I began to sing that, sing that same song. I never sing that song. To answer the same thing, she never sings that song. Now, you trying to tell me that God was letting us know that she was experiencing joy, joy, joy. Ooh, hallelujah. Now, some might say, Pastor Dan, I thought you were in faith. I was in faith. I believe my family was in faith. But the bottom line to everything along these lines is when there's another person's soul involved, when there's another person involved, their will comes into play. I believe, she, in fact, Joan can attest to this, her blood uh, counts were then natural she was completely healed of the cancer but the after effects of that cancer is what ended up it, it literally put holes in her lungs right one side it even healed up but it was the other side and that's why she could hardly breathe and wasn't getting the oxygen just to stand up and go to the bathroom would just drain her and so anyway um, so I think she got the ultimate healing 
I said, I think she got the ultimate healing. She went home to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that she has impacted and will continue to impact people's lives because of how she stepped off into eternity. And I am honored to say that's my sister. And I am honored to say this, I will see her again. And so will you as Christians. Amen. See, I've shed tears. Oh, my goodness. I was sharing with Matt yesterday as we were setting this up. Uh, have you ever heard the song, uh, Scars in Heaven? You never heard of it before? All I say is go listen to it. And uh, it's by uh, Casting Crowns, who sings I Can Only Imagine. But anyway, um, it's talking about a loved one who's gone home to be with the Lord and stuff. And when you get there, you'll no longer have scars. The only one who has scars is the one that's holding you. And I'm just listening to it. I have to play these songs prior to me getting up and speaking. And, of course, I'm upstairs and I'm just crying. And I called Joan in to come up with our kids. And um, I wanted them to listen to it as well. And as they were coming up, and I'm in tears, it was like I saw my sister. And she was probably in her, I know she was in her early 30s right around in her early 30s, and she's spinning with her hands holding onto someone else's hands, just spinning and spinning around like on a grassy knoll, just spinning and spinning, and I'm going, who is that, Lord? It was Jesus. She was dancing with Jesus. Whoo! That same Jesus is waiting for us but in the meantime, we have work to do. I said we have work to do. We have people to reach for Jesus Christ. Friends, we have the answer that the world is looking for. His name is Jesus. Amen. And if you have never experienced something like that in your life, I'm sure most of you probably have to one degree or another, but again, I've had my mom. Mom's funeral was powerful. My dad's funeral was powerful. My little girl's funeral was powerful. Joan's parents' funerals were powerful. Paul, her brother's funeral was powerful. But I tell you what, this one just totally, it did something to me. It really did something to me. And I am convinced we're living in the last of the last days. And I don't want anybody, absolutely anybody, to miss heaven. Amen. I want everybody we know to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Praise his holy name. Glory to God. Well, I wanted to share with you. I know you probably wanted to know. I am still on this emotional roller coaster, as you can tell. <laughs> but God is good. He's been ministering some good things to my heart. And, uh, and uh, I thank God for my family. For Brooke and Riley and Jimmy and my beautiful wife and um, little Emmy came and she was just great. She did phenomenal on the plane trip and every step of the way. So anyway, uh, thank you for letting us be gone. Uh, we were gone obviously last week, but uh, we're back. We're more on fire. Amen. Glory to God. Praise oh, to the plane thank trip. You. We're going to go ahead and take up our tithes and our of offerings. So if you need an offering envelope thank for you giving, for please just lift your hand uh, up. And our gone, ushers will be glad to put uh, one in your hand. I got a couple of more announcements. Fire. I just want to 
Our first time visitor is Mr. Darrell back there. Give it up for Mr. Darrell sitting right back there. Thank you for giving. Praise the Lord. It's good to have you. He's a Ray McGrath. What about your hand? The sun is in the area. Is that correct? Our yes. first time so, visitor is Mr. Darrell. Darrell back it's good to have you. Give it up for Mr. Darrell Sanderson. Right. Come back there. Oh, oh you're a pastor now. It's good to have you. Oh, you can tell me that. In Big Sky. You know where it's at. Anyway, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Thanks for being here, guys. If you don't have a church home, well, obviously you do. But if you don't, welcome home. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, and then I also have one more quick announcement. It's come to my attention that somebody has a birthday today. You know where it's at. Anyway, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Thanks the for being here, guys. If you don't just begged me it's come to my attention that please sing to her. Sing a song of rejoicing to her. So let's sing to her. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you, Brittany. Brittany, happy birthday. Brittany, happy birthday to you. She just turned 21. <laughs> a little bit older than that, but we won't tell them, right? Praise the Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. I wanted to share this real quickly uh, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, verse 23. Excuse me, verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope or confession uh, or of faith, I should say, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Amen. We got to understand when we're making confessions of faith and we're stepping out in faith that we have an enemy that will come and try to get us to let go of our faith. He wants us to give up. He wants us to throw in the towel. Many of you guys have sown some, some substantial seeds into the kingdom of God. And you've been believing and expecting God to bless you. And I'm going to tell you this with everything that's in me. Keep holding on to your confession of faith. Amen. I said keep holding on to your confession of faith. Yeah. I t I'm expecting great harvest to come into you. I'm expecting great harvest to come into this church. As I mentioned a few weeks back, this church has given out over 20, almost $30,000. Over, how much was it? Yeah, over $30,000 we've sown into one ministry as of late in the last year. That's phenomenal. For a church where we're at right now, glory to God. God is working. I believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. I believe when we sow, we're going to reap. God knows our hearts. We're going to be even bigger blessings than we've ever been before. I'm expecting to be a bigger blessing than I've ever been before. I know God's going to keep showering into us. Why? Because he knows he can get it through us. Amen. So keep holding on to the confession of your faith. Don't let go. Harvest is coming. It's harvest time. I said it's harvest time. Glory to God. It's harvest time. How many are ready for that great harvest? How many are ready to be a bigger blessing than ever before? Oh, hallelujah. It's just something that gets me stirred up. I'm looking forward to blessing more people. I'm looking forward to blessing more ministries. I'm looking forward to going to a, a, a minister's meeting and just walking up and giving somebody a million dollars. 
Oh, Pastor Dan, how is that going to happen? My God. My God. Are you listening? He's faithful. He's faithful. I said he's faithful. And if those things happen and they minister to your heart when it's happening, even though it's not happening through you, you know what God's speaking to your heart about? He's saying, I can use you to do the very same thing. I can touch your heart and, and, and bless you so much, you can walk up and do something like that to somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, aren't you looking forward to the time when you can go up, you hear about somebody that's in need of a, of a car, and, and you just walk up and say, come on, let's go to this, this, this dealership over here. You just walk on to that dealership, you pick out the car you want, I'm going to pay for it. Amen. Well, that will never happen to, to me, Pastor. And it won't with that kind of an attitude. You got to go out and go, you got to say, God, you know my heart. You know I've got your heart, the biggest giver of all. And no matter what it is he's going to put on my heart to give, glory to God, he'll bring it to me because he knows he can get it through me. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We are blessed to be a blessing. Hold your offerings up and let's pray. So, Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity to sow our seed into good ground. We believe as we do so. We do it in faith, in accordance with your word. And we believe, Lord God, as we bring our tithes, that you're opening the windows of heaven. Pouring out so much blessing upon us, we do not have enough room to contain it all. You want us blessed so that we can continue to be a big blessing. We're expecting this, Lord God, and we're thanking for it now. We call our church blessed. We call ourselves blessed in Jesus' name. Our best days are before us. Satan, you are bound off of the finances of these people, of my family and me, of this church in Jesus' name. And we loose those ministering spirits right now to go forth and cause the harvest to come. In Jesus' name, and if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, Brookie, you doing it? Can I make the announcement, what you told us? My children's. Yes? All right. Well, my uh, daughter, Brooke, obviously she helps with worship and other areas as well. But now she is actually becoming our children's pastor. She's going to take it over, and she's going to get to know your children. <laughs> James. <laughs> James goes, boo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, so I, I'm, I'm tremendously blessed. I know she's got already great people working with her. And uh, I, I, if anybody in here might want to have a desire to work with children's, Birthday girl, what do you think? <laughs> She's like going, no way. Anyway, you got to know where you're supposed to, where you're called to. But I tell you what, there's nothing. I, I remember when Joan and myself were asked to take over the children's church over at Missoula Bible Church. You know, doing everything we were already doing. And we're like going, oh my gosh, Lord, how can we possibly do this? But when we stepped out in obedience to the Lord and we began to do it, God just blessed us so much. We, we, we were building big puppet stages, and we, had, we did wor- praise and worship with the kids. and I mean, we were just having an awesome time. So anyways, I know my daughter's going to be awesome as she does this, as she's yielded to this gift in her life. Hallelujah. With that said, get out of here, Brooke, and take the kids with you. Woo-hoo. Come on, kids. Sure, yeah. Come on up. Uh-oh. Bye, 
He landed. Can I have a high five? Oh, whoa. That was a leaping high five. Amen. Come on up, John. Get out of that mic. So most of you know my story. Hold on, hold on. Oh, that's right. He has a testimony he wants to share. A while ago. Do I need this? Yes, because we're recording. Okay. Um, so when I was really sick and everything, and that was seven months, and so they diagnosed me as having also uh, an aortic aneurysm, which is an extremely dangerous thing. So when I left the hospital and I was recuperating, which, by the way, God completely healed me, um, yet uh, Thursday... I had an appointment with the doctor, just a complete follow-up. And so she cut me off a bunch of the medications that I was taking. She just said, you don't need to do this anymore, which is great in itself. However, she said, I do want to get uh, ultrasound of, your, of the aneurysm. And so that was for Friday. So, of course, I tossed back and forth. Oh, boy, what are they going to find and everything? But I want to tell you something. Uh, in um, Mark 11, it says, first of all, I want you to know, Jesus spoke to that fig tree, and there was no change in that tree at all, and they all left. The next day, they came back, and the tree was dead, and <coughs> Peter said uh, that it dried up from the roots, so it was completely dead. So he said to the Lord, he said, that's the fig tree you cursed, and now it's all shriveled up and dead. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Notice there's a let there. Listen to the truth. Let it speak to you. Someone says to this mountain, with faith and having no doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes what he says will happen. Now here's the thing, it will be done. It's Amen. not it can, it not might, it will. This is the reason that I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask, whatever, whatever I ask, right? For in prayer, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. Let me just change that a little bit. I urge John to boldly believe for whatever he asks for in prayer. And he is to be convinced that he has received it and it will be his. So, the morning of Friday, I'm heading to the doctors. And it just hit me that everything that I already need for life and for godliness, this is... First uh, Peter 1 3 has already been given to me it's already mine and so I just spoke to my guts I just said there is no aneurysm it's going to be fine so and you know what I believed it and I received it whether it was already healed or not that was the point right there mm -hmm. so I went in and you know I've been in uh, medicine for 40 years, but still, there's always trepidation. And I was just like, Lord, you know, be with me. And he is, of course. And so I just calmed down and 
they're doing their thing and everything, and then I left. And then it was like um, 2.30, I got the message, and you gotta understand this, there's what the doctor sees, and then he summarizes. And so the first words in that were, there is no aortic aneurysm. So, <laughs> and then the next thing was, he summarized it, and his very last words, it looks like it was an overestimation from previous. So there you go. None. Completely healed. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's for everybody, by the way. That's not just me. Amen. Everybody. The, key, right. the key is faith. Faith comes by hearing and then speaking, speaking. And we receive the promises of God with faith and patience. That's right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. Testimonies are good to give. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me clear up my pulpit a little bit. Y'all ready for the word this morning? Yes. Glory to Jesus. I tell you, I've been away two weeks and I'm chomping at the bit. I got eight pages. Eight. Yes. Why does everybody look at me like that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray and believe God <laughs> and not your faces. So, Father, we come now in Jesus' name. We thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. We open our hearts now to you, Holy Spirit, to lead us and guide us into the truth. We're not here to further any man's plans. We're here to further your plans for our lives. We expect to receive good food today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for this revelation. Revelation in our hearts, strengthening our hearts thereby. Revelation that renews our minds so our thoughts align with yours. And so that we're able to go forth and fulfill our destiny and keep our flesh under. We thank you for all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with me, please, to Matthew chapter 9. A few weeks ago, we took the opportunity to look at these set of scriptures. And we're going to continue along this vein. Hallelujah. I'm going to start with verse 28 this morning. Verse 28 says, And when he had come into the house, speaking of Jesus, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Not according to God's power, not according to whether it's the will of God or not, but according to your Faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Let it be to you according to your faith. Glory to God. Now go to Mark chapter 9. Let it be to you according to your faith. Mm -mm -mm. This is the account where the father had brought his son to the disciples and they had un been unable to set him free and to heal him. But then Jesus shows up. And picking up this account in verse 22, the father says, to, uh, says this to Jesus. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. In other words, the only way this is going to happen is if you, Jesus, decide to have compassion on us and help us. But notice once again how Jesus replies to him in verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all 
all things are possible to him who believes. I like this uh, verse from the New Century Version. It says, Jesus said to the Father, you said, if you, you said if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately, verse 24, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now notice what this man said here. Notice this. Once Jesus, Jesus told him all things are possible to them who believe, he said back to Jesus, Lord, I believe. But then he continues to say, help my unbelief. In other words, he was believing with his heart, but was struggling with his head. Friends, that is so important to understand. Faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your head. Did you hear what I just said? Faith will work in your heart. Why? Because, that's, because faith is a heart issue. That's where faith is developed. That's where faith is released from. Not our heads, but from our hearts. And when those thoughts of doubts come to your head, and they're going to come to your head, the devil will see to it. You have got to be determined that when they come, you're not going to meditate on them. You're not going to speak those thoughts of doubt out. You're going to continue to put your focus on Jesus and what you're believing him for. Amen. It's so important that you understand that. Faith works in our hearts with thoughts of doubt in our head. Think about that. I know that so many times people think, I'm not in faith. I mean, I'm really starting to wonder about that. I, I, oh, no, 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 no. How am I going to do this? Blah, 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 blah. You got all these thoughts bombarding your head. That's why we have got to be continuously building our faith up. That's why we have to be continuously renewing our mind with God's word. Because, see, if a thought comes to your head that's not of God, that's not from the Bible... You're going to have to know that it's not of God and that it's not from the Bible. And the only way you're going to be able to know whether it's not from God and not from the Bible is if you know what's in God's Word. Are you listening? How many times do I need to tell you guys you need to be reading your Bibles? I don't just say that to waste time when I'm preaching. Because I realize that this right here is one of the most important keys to you living successfully while you're on this earth. Putting God's Word in. Putting God's word in. I, I, I've shared with you, you know, obviously most of you already knew this, know this. I went to Canaan land. And when I went to Canaan land, the whole thrust of that ministry was forget men who had issues in the world, put them in a, a, basically a bubble. And in that bubble, what happened is we got the word put in and got the junk of the world out. Because up to that point, we had allowed ourselves to yield to the ways of the world, whether doing drugs, getting drunk, brawling, whatever it was. But see, that's what God's word will do for us. You've got to get the word in you. I said, you've got to get the word in you. You've got to get to the place where your Bible is the most precious thing to you. Now, I know that sometimes people like to say, well, I got my computer or I got my phone. And I'm not coming against those devices. But I like something I can write in. I like something I can take notes in. I like something where I feels like I can just, oh, where would you, okay, boom, there it is. And, and you might think that's funny, but is that not true? After a while, it just, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's true for you back there, Daryl. I mean, it just seems like, you know, oh, your Bible just opens up. Oh, what's, oh, boom, there it is. I mean, friends, it gets like that. 
I, uh, my uh, brother-in-law, Brian, I don't remember. How long ago did he start that Deus Bellator? It's been a while ago. He started this uh, particular uh, thing where the, the, the men of the family were going to read through the entire Bible. And he gave us a set of scriptures that, you know, days and so forth, what we're supposed to read and, and the like. And uh, then after we were done, it was done, we had this celebration. And we we're all were, were rewarded with, you got that little thing on you? Stand up real quick. I know you don't like to, but that's all right. But they can see this is what we got. It's, it's, a, it's a knight in armor kneeling down with a sword. And it's called Deus Bellator. Something, something. Warrior of God, yeah. There you go. Learn something new every day. Anyway, but, but the point was, we were reading the Bible. But what I like to do is this. I like to read through the New Testament. And I have, since that time, read through the New Testament every year. I read through the New Testament. Now, I'm not saying I don't read anything from the Old Testament. I'm not saying I don't read, the, you know, from the Proverbs or the Psalms. But what I am saying is my focus is on the New Testament. Why? Because that's the covenant we're a part of now. Those letters are written to you. Are you listening? And so if you can find a program, and again, I follow one. It's called 5 by 5 by 5 you read for five days, you got two days off to kind of think about what you read. Then you got five more days, then two days off, on and on and on and on. And you read through the New Testament over and over and over and over again. I think this is like my ninth or tenth year of doing so. I cannot express to you what it means when I'm reading through this Bible. Because when I read through this Bible, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show me new stuff. I'm like, I, I, I'll say something like this. I'll say, God, I know I've heard this before. But I'm asking you to give me new revelation. Because I know I have, there's no way I got all the revelation I can possibly get from this word. So Holy Spirit, teach me. Illuminate the word to my soul. Renew my mind with it. Strengthen my spirit with it. And I start to read the Bible. I, 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 I also say, I enter this word reverently. And I enter this word expectantly. And, that, and, and how... How can you possibly express what it means when you're reading the Bible, something you may have read 10, 20, 30 times in your life, when all of a sudden, boosh, here comes a revelation you've never seen in there before. It just hits your heart. It makes you excited. You get all thrilled. Woo, hallelujah. The bottom line is God wants you to read your Bibles. This is a love letter. If you're, you are still you know, courting your spouse and, and, and your, you know, I mean, I'm talking about when you get Twitter-pated. Everybody knows what it means when you get Twitter-pated. I mean, I, I mean, I, my, my, what was the rabbit's name in Bambi? Thumper, he was, his foot would get the thumper when he saw the pretty girl. I mean, see, that's how it was for me with this woman. I mean, I was head over heels. And, you know, obviously now we have phones and so forth, but if she was to write me a love letter, when I opened it up and began to read it, oh, man, my attention would be on it. Oh, glory to God. You tall drink of water. You are. <laughs> what you laughing at? <laughs> God has written you a love letter. This is his heart to you. We want to know his ways, don't we? I'm a child of God. 
and so are you. You need to find out who you are now in Christ. You need to discover who God has now made you. I don't want you to get, I don't like having Christians around me who are just weak-kneed and spaghetti-backboned. You know what I'm talking about? They are just, they, they're, they're, I like how Keith Moore said this years ago, you're either going to have people who are suckers or sowers in your life. People who suck the life out of you or people who sow life into you. I want to hang out with the ones who are sowing life into me. Are you listening? And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say I, I, I won't minister to those over here because I will. But the bottom line to this is this should be every one of our hearts cry. I want to know you more. Do you really want to know God more? I do. I want to spend more time in his word. I want him to reveal more of himself to me. I'm a... The reason I'm on this subject right here is because God prompted me to go listen to a, a message from a pastor I never heard of on faith. And when I listened, I mean, we went to Ramah. Dad Hagen is known as the father of faith. I mean, there was all kinds of teachings when we were there about faith. Over the years, I've taught on faith. But yet God said, I want you to go back and listen to this message about faith. Faith is only known. Excuse me, how many times I say that? Without knowing what the will of God is, you can't have faith. You've got to know what God's will is. Faith comes where the will of God is known. And so what you've got to do is say, God, I'm expecting as I'm reading this word and it's dawning on my heart that faith is being stirred up in me. Faith is coming to me. And as I said last week or a couple weeks ago now, when you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to trees and have them jump from off the ground into the water. Are you listening to me? That's all it takes. But how much more should we be building ourselves up? And it's not just for selfish reasons. God wants us to be so full of faith that we can go out and help those in the world who are lost and dying and without any hope. And we've got to be ready. We've got to be tanked up. We've got to be people of faith who live by faith. I want to do the miraculous. I'm expecting to do the miraculous. God's given me the honor to do some things. Glory to God that is, it could not have been done naturally. I've had that privilege. But it's nowhere near where it's going to be. Because see, I take Jesus at his word. I expect that when I preach the word, it's going to be accompanied with signs and wonders. But the key to all of that is preaching the word. Getting the word in me so I can preach it out of me. And then when I get this faith in me, when things try to come at me or my family, glory to God, I can stop my foot and say, no, devil. In the name of Jesus, I bind you off of my family and me. I do this in accordance with the word of God. And I know because I'm doing it in line with the word, I'm expecting results. All I got to do is step out in faith. God makes himself responsible for the results. I like that. Amen. Well, I sure did get off on that today. So we're almost on page eight, right? Yeah, right. So this guy, 
has thoughts of doubt in his head. Again, we've got to replace those thoughts with God's word. You can't replace those thoughts with God's word if you don't know God's word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, um, I was just pondering. I was just pondering and thinking about, obviously, my, my, my sister's situation as well as others. And um, I heard Brother Hagin make this statement years ago. He said, I can always get healed with my faith when it's concerning myself. But I'm not always able to heal others with my faith. What was he saying is their will is involved. And that's where I, I think I mentioned to you whenever it was I was talking about my sister the first time is you got to position people to receive healing. Actually, from anything from God. you got to position them. And that's only going to come if you can take people to the Word of God and show them what God's Word says on the matter. Do you understand that? But you can't do that if you don't know it. You can't do that if you don't know it. Do you want to be used to touch people in your lives? Then you're going to have to get in the Bible. You're going to have to come to know what the Word says. And then when thoughts of doubt come, you're able to take those thoughts captive immediately, throw them down, replace them with the Word of God. See, what's going to happen is the devil will eventually get to the place where you've been carving him up left side and right side with your sword of the Spirit. He's not going to want to mess with you anymore. It's the truth. Oh, he might try to slide in every now and then. But if you're spending your time in the Word of God, you're just laughing at him. Just laughing at him. I want to get to the, the place, I believe it was Lester Summerall, who was awakened one day because a, 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 um, a rocking chair that he had down in his living room was going back and forth and back and forth. And he walked to the, the, the top of the stairs, looked down, and there's the, the rocking chair going back and forth. Nobody down there, just the rocking chair. And he simply said, oh, it's you, devil, and went right back to bed. You know what that would have done to most people? Ah! Ah! I, I want to be so bold about my faith. And the only way I'm going to be able to get bold about my faith is to have knowledge of the word. I've got to know the Bible. I am nowhere near knowing the Bible as much as I'm going to know the Bible. Did you hear that? What was it Dad Hagen used to say? The more, I come to, the more I learn, the more I come to know, I don't know much. And that's the truth. But when you go back and you're being led by the Spirit to go back and study something you've studied before as I was here, it's just blessed. I mean, how can you put into natural terms what it means for me to hear something I've heard so many times, but this time it was like a bucket of the glory pouring into me. I don't know how to express it. How do you put that into words? But see, God will do that for you. God will lead you into the truths you need to be studying on. You need to be studying on. You need to be meditating on. You need to learn to put the word of God on three by five cards or little sticky notes or whatever it is. And you need to keep the word before you. Right. Some people are believing for new homes. 
Some people are believing for new cars. Some people are believing to be healed. What are you doing about it? Are you taking the time to find scriptures that substantiate the fact that that's God's will for your life? Hello? I've used this example before when we lived over in Missoula. We were in this apartment. We didn't have hardly any money to our name, and our cupboards were bare. We knew we were there. God had led us there. You know what that Joan and I did? We got the Bible out. And we began to put sticky notes on our refrigerator and on our cupboards. And we began to speak what the Word of God says, not what our circumstances were telling us. And as a result, didn't call anybody, didn't say anything to anybody. Someone shows up with a big box of food. It was a Costco box. You know what I mean by a Costco box? Big old honking pieces of cheese, thing, big old lots of food and stuff like that. That's how good God is. God will meet us where we're at as we continue to study his word. And you, listen, please, get, if you can't get anything else today, what I have, um, I'm trying to think who it was I heard this say this. In these last days, the ones who are going to be used by God to do the miraculous are those who are hungry. Those who are hungry. I think it was Dad Hagen. It might have been somebody else. It's the hungry. It's the hungry. When you're hungry for God, I'll use this example again. I know you guys love it. We just went down to Texas and we went to Papacitos. They know me by first name, even though I live in Montana. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it's such good food. I mean, I, I just cannot put into words how wonderful it is. I looked at them. I wanted more of them. It just was just luscious. It was good food. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I was, even though I had eaten there twice the last time I'd gone down there, and I used to, I don't remember how often I would go. I didn't go all the time when I lived in Texas, but I was hungry for more because it was so good. Are you hungry for more of God? Because, see, if you're really hungry for God, when you have the option of watching some stupid thing on the television or spending time with him, it, what are you more hungry for? Uh, I want more of God. I want more of God. I want more of God. I hunger after him. He promises to satisfy me, to fill me up. And I believe as I'm filled up, it, I, I'm, see, my life isn't just for me. Why am I getting full of faith? So I can preach to you, but so I can be used by him to touch others. Amen. I was, uh, um, the Lord prompted me when I was down there, I think it was the first time we went down to see Jane. And um, sometimes you, I, maybe this is not the way you are, but sometimes you have to deal with thoughts that, who am I? Who am I to go and talk to my family and share with my family along these lines of, of the prayer of agreement and talk with my sister about the being anointed with oil and who am I? And God spoke to my heart, just like your sister is being helped by doctors who are professionals in that area. 
I have called you to be a professional of my word. And you are supposed to share what I've put in you. And as you trust me, it will flow out of you. And that's exactly what happened. I'm humbled by it. But that's the truth of it. As ministers of the gospel, we need to be spending time in the word. Amen. Would you rather me get up here and read you a Reader's Digest sob story? Would you like for me to stroke your back and make you feel emotionally better? Or would you rather me preach the word that's going to change your life forever? Are you listening? It's up to us to spend quality time in the word of God. Amen. All right. I am definitely not getting page eight. Am I going to God? Whoo. So, all things. <laughs> me and leave the father, verse 24 again. The father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So once again, Jesus said to him, all things are possible. All things are possible to those who believe. Glory to God. Verse 25, when Jesus saw the uh, people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out of him. He became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, lifted him up and he arose. Glory to God. That, that, that account blesses me so much. This man, even with thoughts of doubt bombarding his head, got what he desired because he believed with his heart. Yes, so is this available to everybody? Yes, no. To those who believe. It's not for the doubters. It's not for the skeptics. It's not for anybody but those who believe. Those who believe. Glory to God. It's only available to those who believe, but if you can believe, then glory to God, all things are possible. <laughs> that is such a powerful statement. I mean, does, does Jesus mean all? I know I say this all the time, but man, come on. Does he really mean all? Does he? Come on now. Could he really mean all? All things are possible. And all we got to do is believe. Do you feel like sometimes maybe when you hear something like this, that the, you've been selling yourself short? That you've been limiting yourself? Because, see, if it's as simple as me believing and then God does the rest, then all, why am I so caught up in the fact, well, it may happen or it may not happen. You just never know. Well, it's lim you got to limit yourself because you have a limited amount of people and you have a limited amount of finances. I don't know about you, but when Jesus says all things, I believe Jesus is telling me, I don't have to limit my God. I don't have to be concerned about how much money we have or how many people we have. What I've got is God's word. And God says, if I believe, all things are possible. I'm just going to take him at his word. I choose to believe. I said, I choose to believe. I'm not backing down. And see, now, now, can I just throw this out for free? You better be prepared for attacks of the enemy because the enemy does not want you living by faith. Are you listening? 
He'll come. And he'll say, boy, it sure is taking a long time. Did you notice in the Bible when Jesus prayed for people, they always got immediately healed? How many know that's not true? There were some when people left, and they were healed as they went. There were times when Jesus prayed, prayed for a dude. Can you see? No, and he spit on, the, spit on them. Did he spit on his eyes? I think I was like, one of the cases he spit on the guy's eyes. Woo, boy. I think Jerry Seville told, talked about a time where he was led by God to do that. You better be led by God when you're spitting in people's eyes. <laughs> I guess if it's a blind person, they wouldn't really know. Just come. <laughs> hey, if you got the results, you think they're going to be mad? I can't believe you're spitting my eyes. Well, you better believe because you're seeing right now, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. All things. Mm. There's nothing on this earth we'll ever face that we can't overcome with our faith. That is, we need to meditate on this. We need to meditate on this. You know what happens when you meditate, right? They, I, I always like to use the illustration of a cow has six stomachs. Man, are they blessed or what? <laughs> but a cow, what it'll do? It'll chew the cud and swallow, and then it'll bring it back up. Chew some more. Well, swallow. Bring it back up. Chew on it some more. And bring it back up. I mean, come on. There's just something about when you've eaten a good <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. When you bring, oh, never mind. I'm going to stop. No, 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 no. Meditation is like that. You get the word and it gets in your heart. Then you bring it back up. And you chew on it. And then you swallow it. And then, and, then, and then once you get, uh, get it, it gets down in your heart and you go, hmm, I'm, I'm going to get some more of that. And you bring it back up and you begin to meditate on it and you begin to think about it and you begin to meditate on it and you begin to confess it and you begin to put it, personalize it. Put your name in there like John just did. Put your name in there and you begin to speak it out and you begin to meditate it. And what ends up happening is that a person who meditates in the word is a person who's going to do the word. And a person who does the word is a person who's going to get results. Why wouldn't you meditate? Amen. We're called to put the word in us. We're called to keep the word in us. We're called to be people of faith. We need to live by faith. I want to do the impossible. I was, and I know I've shared this with you again, but I, I, I want to share it from the perspective of we were sitting at a big old table at my sister's house. And Matt was there, who was the little guy at Canaan land that I put on one end of the table. And he ran down the table and jumped into my arms. And I, he would be laughing, and I put him at the end of the table. He would run down the table and jump into my arms. And God spoke to my heart. And he said, that's how I want you to be with me. I want you to just jump, knowing I'm going to catch you. Amen. And so I was saying that because Matt has two sets of Twin, twin boys, four boys, five years old and three years old. They came to visit us. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I thought one thing was really cool before they left. They had the pee train. They literally lined up to go pee before they left. Anyway, uh, but I was talking to the little fella, the one that was five, Ollie. And I was saying to him, you should put your dad at the end of a table like this. And he'd run and jump into my arms. And I was waiting for him to say, will you do that for me? But he didn't. But still, the bottom line is, that's the way God wants us to be with him. I want to be 
someone God can tap on the shoulder because he knows I'm going to step out and believe him no matter how impossible it seems to me. I want to be able to stand up and testify. I want to be able to stand up and testify. They said I had an aorta. An aorta aneurysm. Hey, buddy. Over here. Over here. Oh, never mind. Hey. <laughs> he likes me because me and dad are about the same height. So anyway, glory to God. Where was I? Oh, and, you know, I want to be able to stand up and testify something. I mean, I don't want that. But the, you understand what I'm saying? How many people would have just given up? I mean, it was painful. Extremely painful. But he refused to give up. He kept standing on the promises of God. And glory to God, the same God who healed him the first time is the same God who healed him the second time. It's the same time who healed him the third time. And now here, glory to God, the fourth time. I believe that brother has an anointing to heal people. <laughs> yes, sir. Come on up. Hold up. Da, da, da. Ooh, they got to be able to hear. You're on. Go. Hello? Okay. The idea of what Pastor is saying about believing in your heart and your head is so true because I knew and I knew that I knew that I knew, but with my medical background, my head was saying, uh-uh, there's no way. And you have to speak which one of those are you going to talk? You're going to talk what is known? And what people are telling you, the doctors and such, are you going to speak what this says? And that you're not going to do it in one day. It's going to have to come and change the heart. Amen. Amen. Um, I think what ends up happening with so many Christians is they get in this mindset if they're believing and expecting God to move in their lives. And then it seems to get worse instead of better. They immediately throw in the towel and say, I must not have gotten it. Keith Moore used to talk about when he did healing school, um, how many people would go and you know, like, you know, he, he used the illustration. Someone came forward to uh, be healed of some kind of stomach ailment, throwing up, couldn't keep food down. And um, how many Christians, if they were, came up to be healed for that and then went home and ate a meal and then turned around and immediately threw up, would say, I must not have gotten it. What he said we got to do is if that happened, and we believe God that we're healed, and we go home and eat a meal, and we immediately turn around and throw up, we just wipe our mouths off and say, I'm healed. By his stripes, I am healed. I got healed when those hands were laid on me. I don't care. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel. I live by faith. Are you listening? Oh, thank you, Jesus. All things. Everybody say all things. things. Are possible to those who believe. Again, not doubters, not unbelievers, not skeptics, but to those who believe. You believe in God. You believe in his word. You believe in his power. You believe in the name of Jesus. You believe in the blood. Glory to God. That's where faith comes from. You know these things. You get these things in you. You keep getting the revelation in you. You keep yourself tanked up. And then you say, watch out, world. Here I come. You have 
what the world needs. So many Christians suppress it. They are intimidated to share their faith. I had, who was that just recently was talking to me about that? Sharing their faith with somebody. I have to stop and think about it. I guess it really doesn't matter. But um, what I said to the person was, usually the best way you testify to somebody is by your own personal testimony. Especially if that person knows you. You need to be able to share with them. Um, thank you, Lord. Who was that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, 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 but I, that's what I said. You need to know. You, you can talk about what Jesus has done for you. You can share with him what Jesus has done for you. Where, where he's brought you from. What he's brought you out of. I mean, I have, a, 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 you know. A testimony of being delivered from drugs, alcohol, and, and, you know, carousing and fighting and stuff like that. Some of you might have an even better. Some people think that, you know, I sure wish I had a testimony like that. You know what the greatest testimony is? Is it not once going down that way. Always walking with Jesus all the days of your life. I'm not saying you don't make mistakes. All of us will. Thank God for the blood. But the bottom line is we've got to get so full of God's word that when we have contact with somebody. Now, hear me now. You've got to know the word, but you also got to learn to be led by the spirit. See, the spirit will lead you to say things with somebody that you're thinking, why do I want to share this with somebody who's not even a Christian? I've talked about the time when I was at Pizza Hut as an assistant manager. Yippee! And so... <laughs> And I'm here, and it was between the, the lunch hour rush and the evening rush, and we're prepping for the evening rush, and one of the girls back there, man, she was a party hardy. She partied hard, and she had, she had some gay people living with her, and she just was all into drugs and so forth. Well, she asked me a question about God, and it was like the Spirit of God. It wasn't like. It was the Spirit of God led me to go back to Genesis and talk about when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And how God had given them their own free will and had actually given them dominion to rule and reign. But the moment they sinned, that's what opened the door to Satan and all the death and destruction and sickness and diseases and perversion and so forth. And as I'm sharing with her, she's like, it's like she looks at me, she goes, look at my arms. She had, I call them Holy Ghost goosebumps. She had them all up and down her arms because why? God was leading me to share with her from that perspective. Too many people have an idea that God is some mean God. He's not. He just gave man responsibility. And with that responsibility, with man's own will, man chose to, to sin. That's what opened the door to death and destruction. Thank God for Jesus. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, he came and did what we weren't able to do. And now we can call upon him, and I have and you have. And now if we mess up again, we got his precious blood. All things. Everybody say all things. All things, all things are possible to those who believe. believe. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. We believe in Jesus' name. The good things are before us as we begin to live. Not occasionally, not every now and then, not just more faced with challenges, but live by faith. Every day, 24-7, our focus on you. What does the Bible say? Yes. The first thing that comes to our mind is, what does the Bible say? I don't have enough money, but what does the Bible say? I've been dealing with this sickness for years, but what does the Bible say? 
We're called to live a life of faith. We're called to put our trust in God, lean not to our own understanding. And we know this, Lord, as we step out in faith to do what you're leading us to do. You will always, always, always look over your word to perform it in our lives. I worship you and praise you, Almighty God. I believe I'm looking out upon a group of people that are hearing this and getting stirred up in their hearts to be the people of faith you've always wanted us to be. We are alive for such a time as this. And I continue to speak in faith. Our best days are before us. We're going to be a group of people in this church for such a time as this where the miraculous is going to be done in and through our lives. I believe as we hone in our faith, learn about faith, develop in our faith, strengthen our faith, be bold about stepping out in faith, we will see the miracles and the signs and the wonders. And when those things happen, Father God, we will be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. You are glorious. I'm asking you to minister to the hearts of the people here today. And anyone listening via live stream or throughout this week, minister to their hearts the importance of them getting into the Bible, of them reading their word, putting your words in, renewing their minds with it, strengthening their, their spirits with it, building up their faith. You need us, Lord. You need us to go out into a dark world and be that bright light for Jesus Christ. I thank you now for these things, Lord. I'm asking you to bless these people now as they go their way. I'm asking you to keep them safely through the week, bless what they set their hands to do. I'm asking you, Lord God, to bring them back safely next week for the ladies on Thursday. I love you and praise you and thank you now in Jesus' name. If you believe this, say amen. God bless you guys. I love you much. You guys are dismissed. Please help with the breakdown. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. You are dismissed. Hallelujah.